I'm 40 hour, 48 hours in, and I consulted with a now good friend of mine, Joe Rogan. Ooh I got my hat on down here. She's trying to turn my bald head. I might have to flip the ears back. When you see your players give all that they have, and uh, and you lose that way, it's tough. You know, you don't want that for them. So. Welcome to the NFC North Podcast! Welcome to the NFC North Podcast. I'm Eric Kiska, and I'm your resident Lions fan, and I'd like to be the first to welcome all Packers fans to the Jordan Love era. Up next we have... Hi, my name's Cole William Whitlock Gibson, resident Bucks fan, and I recently got diagnosed with a Stafford infection. So, up next... <laughs> Yo, what up? It's Blaze Ryan, the happiest Bear fan on the planet these days. I think instead of advertising, we should put all our money towards Kale's Angels. It's Robbie Gold's charity, because uh, he's a saint. He's the patron saint of screwing the Packers over. My this Packers fan that I'm sandwiched in between is... Uh, this is uh, Kevin, and I stand before you a sad and broken man. But remember, that never confuse a single failure with a final defeat. These boys are not done yet, and I think uh, we're going to make another run at this and joining us today is also uh this is kurt here uh from beautiful chicago illinois although against my better judgment i am here to join the resident lions fan uh, as another lions fan so uh, very excited to talk about matthew stafford the goat and fuck on some packer fans yeah well i thought one of i thought this was an nba podcast i thought we were talking about the milwaukee bucks because <laughs> they've been they've been doing pretty good uh, okay. boys no basketball here <laughs> Not yet, at least. All right. No. Well, <laughs> let's start out with the news. It is the end of the Packers' season. The 49ers beat them 13-10. to 10. So I think the biggest problem I've had with Packers fans my whole life is how arrogant they are. Like, you two were calling blowouts this whole game. You didn't even think the 49ers would be in the same league as you. I thought the Packers would win, too, but I, th- I didn't think they'd win by more than a field goal. So you completely ignored the fact that Rodgers is not good against the 49ers. Completely ignored the coaching advantage the 49ers had. Completely ignored how big of a, a monster Nick Bosa is. You all thought your injured players would just come back and magically be normal again. Well, guess what? That's not how the human body works. Jair wasn't ready to play. Bakhtiari didn't play at all. And Cole said earlier in the year that special teams may be the thing to kill this team. Obviously, that definitely was a big part of this game. But LaFleur and Gutekunst had the whole year to fix the special teams unit. They never did. That falls on them is the easiest unit of the three to fix, and they did nothing to help it. So, I also don't want to hear the martyr routine for Aaron Rodgers. After all the drama this last offseason, after all the bullshit with the vaccine this year, after all the crying he's done to the media, he comes out here as a one seed with home field advantage, and he can't outplay Jimmy Garoppolo. So, fuck off, dude. If Jimmy G's receivers could catch the ball, I think this game would have been much worse for the Packers. And, you know, three years ago, Rodgers' uh, first year with LaFleur, he did not put up his best year, and that's what I think we saw this game. He doesn't throw interceptions or miss throws. He's actually ultra-safe and way too conservative. He takes sacks instead of taking a chance on the guy down the field. And outside of that one broken play to Aaron Jones, his arm was obsolete in this one. And it being your third year winning 13 or, or more games, and with you crying about not having enough help and facing the organization to get Randall Cobb out of the senior home, I don't want to fucking hear excuses. So do better. One statistic, so all you Packers fans remember this, you guys have seven playoff losses at home in the last 20 years. And that is the worst of any organization in the NFL. 
or I don't want to hear you guys again in the future saying like, oh, people can't play in cold weather at your stadium. Actually, the one year you won a Super Bowl, you were playing all away games and you beat the Bears at their place in the conference championship. So all the stuff we've been hearing this whole season, it's all built on a throne of lies, I think. And uh, I want to give it to Blaze next because uh, I, I think he's, you know, just waiting to take his victory lap here. Coward. Yeah, you coward. Oh, my Absolute gosh, man. I, I could just repay what, what uh, Eric said <laughs> over and over again in my head. And that would take me to a nice slumberland. Uh, yeah, that was, oh my God. First of all, what an amazing game and an amazing weekend of football uh, for everyone, no matter uh, what teams you were watching. Piggyback on what Eric said, I mean, I think we're all finding out that Aaron Rodgers, as tremendous of a talent he is, he's kind of a fraud. He cannot win the big game outside of the uh, one year he had in uh, 2010. Packers are... You know, they, they got, this was their hometown, right? So, like, as uh, Kevin and uh, Cole kept alluding to last week, oh, the Niners never play in sub-40 degree weather. Oh, Jimmy Garoppolo can't do that. I, I thought Jimmy Garoppolo played great, uh, you know, <laughs> considering the elements. Sorry. You know, and then you aptly put about how the special teams are really the thorn in the side of this uh, Green Bay Packers team. And I called it when the Bears played them on Monday Night Football. And you can go back to the blocked field goal, the blocked punt for the scoop and score, and then the most egregious thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I know it's a field goal, but the fact that you put 10 men on the field for the last play of your season is absolutely just the most unprofessional thing I've ever seen in playoff history. That The Packers have a lot to uh, think about right now. I'm not going to talk about their future, but that... Uh, was a horrible game plan. Aaron Rodgers played way too conservative, and he basically played not to lose when they were, you know, up uh, 10-0. So, what, do you guys even want to keep this guy anymore? I mean, he's a fraud. They were 12-0 from 1961 to 2002 at home, and now all of a sudden they're 7-7? Seven and seven? This is a big ego check for you guys. What, do, what are you going to do? Like... I hope you guys just sat in your chair and just cried and you called your fathers and you said, Dad, why did you grow me up? Graze me as a Packers fan. We could have been Bears fans. We could have been any other thing. But no, you guys got to sit in your mess. And, you know, it's like it's like clockwork. The Packers are great in the regular season. But when the chips are down, and I was the only one that called it last week, even though I was blasting off my ass. <laughs> I called it. The 49ers won. They did their job. I, I could go on and on about this, but uh, I want to hear uh, if straight from the horse's mouth. Which horse wants to go first? At the end of the day, I will say a majority of what you've both said does have some truth to it and rings to a point for me. I'm not going to make excuses for that game. That game was abysmal. It was hard to watch as a fan, and it's not something that I ever wish on my worst enemy. That being said, I don't think that there's any reason to discredit what the Packers did all of the regular season. I don't think there's a reason to discredit an NFC North championship. I don't think there's a reason to discredit Matt LaFleur's job as a new head coach. I don't think there is a reason to discredit what the organization in general has continued to mean for fans over not just this year, but the last 30 years of being a success. Um, I think at the end of the day, we acknowledge that we struggle in the playoffs. We acknowledge that 
we have some issues when it comes to being clutch in the end. And you're not going to hear me saying we don't. I'm very realistic. And even going into that game, um, we have bad history in the playoffs. Everybody knows that. That is not something. But at the end of the day, we're still there. We're still winning the division. We're still playing top-tier football to get us in a position to win. At the end of the day, it's all about championships. You are absolutely right, and there's nothing that I can say to stop that. But I do think, in general, that at the end of the day, this organization can stand tall saying that we're going to continue to improve, that we're going to find ways to move past these mistakes. And with Aaron Rodgers or not, um, this organization has a ton of history, as Blaze likes to talk about all the damn time with his team. And it's always going to be something that winners will come out of Green Bay regardless of Jordan Love, of the GM, of the quarterback, however it looks. We can have this conversation five years from now, and I guarantee the Packers will still have more wins than the Lions and the Bears. But Vikings are not here to defend themselves, so I can't really take them out. I think um, we have a lot more to talk about, but it was a bad game. I was sad to watch it, and uh, that's the end of it. Cool. You know, no no one is going to say before Cole gets in here, no one's going to say that Aaron Rodgers isn't a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, but I do feel like he has been blue balling Packer fans for the past 10 years. He like let you orgasm that one time. <laughs> you got that one Super Bowl. And, and ever since he's been edging you for 16 games a season. He's like, you just, you know, make me dinner, clean, do the dishes one more time. And I'm going to I'm going to bring you to completion. <laughs> And then, without fail, remember our honeymoon. Remember our honeymoon? <laughs> yeah, I I really wish I could argue, but that's a hell of an analogy. God damn. Cole. <laughs> well, and here's here's the thing. I would rather be edged than to just be completely shut down from the get go and have no hopes of anything. Because I mean, that's what every other team in the NFC. Let's focus yeah, the Lions on the barely had an erection in, in, in the in game in twenty years. Uh, okay, let's focus on the Packers. This game obviously was not was not very good. Uh, I don't know how you could say Jimmy Garoppolo played better than Rodgers because he didn't, but uh, you know you could say that I suppose Eric. Oh, I think <laughs> uh, Rodgers did not play a very good game. He did not play a great game. He didn't play a good game. He played a very bland, mediocre game. I wouldn't say it's bad. He didn't throw any picks. He threw 200 yards in a very stagnant offensive game across the board. I mean, there was like 200 yards of offense on the 49ers and like 200 and what, 20 or something, 260 on the Packers, like 212 to 260. That sucks. <laughs> it's not a fun game to watch. The The Packers defense was amazing. Like they stepped up big time and that was awesome to see. And it sucks that Aaron Rodgers and the offense could not get it going. Uh, you know, Eric came out here like the Packers did with his pre-written, you know, list of stacks, stats and everything, just like the Packers had their first 15 plays ready to go and they marched down the field and scored. And it was awesome. And everyone was everyone loved it, including, you know, and it was great. And then they did absolutely nothing the rest of the game, which is just disheartening and sad. You know, they lost, um, they lost A.J. Dillon real fast. That was a big hurt because he was our big big guy cold down back I mean he's he was built for that weather he got hurt and then that offensive line just fell apart I mean Rodgers got sacked five times it was pressured the whole time and it was just a disheartening game but it really came down to is the special teams which I have alluded to Eric talked about it I've mentioned it and it's my my worst nightmare was when I watched that watched the first blocked kick 
And I was just like, oh, of course they fucking block a, a chip shot field goal. When it, which, honestly, it should have been a touchdown. And that's on the offense, and that's on Rodgers and them. They should have scored a touchdown in that situation. But they settle for a field goal, and a fucking guy blocks a field goal. And then the putt block was just like a dagger to the heart. As soon as that happened, I was just like, of course it fucking happens. Like, why else would, would you know, who else but the Packers this season with how shitty their special teams would be would lose to the 49ers at home in a game where the offense never scored but you still lost to them like the 49ers offense all they did was kick two field goals and they scored a touchdown off of a block kick like that is insane to think that you would lose that game but we did and it sucks uh but you know i'm still still love the packers Still love the organization. Still love Rodgers. Yeah, we may have lost seven at home. We've also won seven at home. We've also been in the playoffs, had 14 games at home, which is a lot more than most organizations can say, which is why that stat's kind of just a bunch of bullshit that Eric's thrown out there. Because if you look at win percentages, the Packers still have a 50% win percentage with Rodgers at home, which is better than the fucking Lions and Bears and Vikings, so you guys can fuck off with that. Patriots don't lose that many games at home in the cold. The oh, Patriots are the Patriots. You have Aaron Rodgers. He should Patriots. be as good as Tom Brady. He's a two-time, what, three-time MVP. <laughs> yeah, he is as good as Tom Brady talent-wise. Is but he? Because I don't see it. I don't see the coaching as good. Ugh. Is the coaching as good as Bill Belichick? Fuck no. Bill Belichick is beyond everyone is else he, when though? it comes to being last a GM two seasons and a coach. Without yes. Tom Brady. Aaron Rodgers yeah, also, had every chance in the world to win that show. game. Yeah. This year, okay, let's let's move on to Kurt here. He turned a shit show team. Okay, that, go ahead, Kurt. No, Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Kurt, give it, it to us. Already said, great quarterback, obviously, <laughs> and and I do put him in the in the Tom Brady realm of this, uh, you know, elite, majestic quarterbacks that are are some of the best to ever play the game. But you were up against Jimmy Garoppolo. You were up against an offense that scored a total of six points, and you had every opportunity to put the dagger in them. And yeah, there were a lot of mistakes made around Aaron Rodgers. You know. Uh, Aaron Jones, just keep running. I don't know why he was afraid of the end zone. He just uh, stops to get tackled. What's going on? Uh, Mercedes Lewis's fumble. Man, do I feel bad for the Green Bay Packers defense uh, because they played a hell of a game against a a great rushing offense. Like that is a team that uh, long methodical drives really punishes defenses. Like we, we can't take everything away from San Francisco. They're a good team and they showed that they belong there and they, they've certainly played well against good teams uh, in the regular season, beat the Rams to be able to get into the playoffs. So good team, but one that at home, in the cold, Aaron Rodgers, Mr. Oh, the game slows down for everyone else but me in the cold. That was his game to win. This, you know, he, he's going to have this mortal first ballot Hall of Fame legacy, but uh, we'll get to this later, uh, later on. But uh, I think tarnished a bit when you can't finish the job uh, and get, you know, two rings like uh, the venerable Eli Manning um, <laughs> when you have a team like this and, and you've had Ooh. and you've had opportunities like this. So uh, I think really disappointing for Packer fans. It had that feeling of a Lions game to me. I was right at home watching it where you're watching your team just give away every opportunity after every opportunity uh, to win that game. And then you watch it all fall apart in the fourth quarter. Gr- Green Bay had up seven to three. They had the ball in the red zone, first and goal inside the 10. And that is the moment where Aaron Rodgers needs to say, okay, we're putting this game away. And they weren't able to do it. He took a sack. 
wasn't willing to make the play that, you know, Matthew Stafford, he would have done two things there. He's either throwing a touchdown or he's throwing an interception. (laughs) And that's it, right? He's either giving the game away or he's winning the game. Aaron Rodgers, you know, he's won a ton of games. He's thrown up some Hail Marys, but uh, as I know well, he had a chance to really add on to his legacy and, and be in the Tom Brady echelon that only Tom Brady is in. Um, and, and wasn't able to get it done and, and don't know where he's going to be uh, after that. So, yep. Kevin? Kurt, that was excellent. Um, I think you brought up a bunch of great points there. Um, and I don't mean to piggyback on the Aaron Rodgers hate train because it's kind of a, a beat dead horse. But it, it makes me think, you know, he targeted two wide receivers or, you know, two completions of two wide receivers that entire game. He almost looked like he made decisions based on Mercedes Lewis fumbling the ball and not getting another target and another look for the rest of the game, or DeGuara dropping a third down long and not getting another opportunity. Uh, it's almost like the hero mentality of him trying to prove himself, especially against his childhood team. I mean, San Francisco, he grew up you know, idolizing everybody on that team, and then it's almost like he has this block where he needs to try to reach above and beyond, and maybe that's just the playoffs in general, but... Um, it's it's disheartening to say the least uh, when when your guy you know, all of a sudden you have to question whether or not that clutch gene is really there and that sucks uh, but that's the nature of the beast i suppose yeah like so. i have a question like where was alan lazard you know like why weren't you throwing it to him aaron rodgers you know he begged the organization to trade or sign i think randall cobb before the season you know why weren't you throwing it to him these are guys you're supposed to trust and they weren't you know he wasn't throwing it throwing it to them you know Aaron Rodgers has always been very good at you know distributing the ball, so it was very frustrating to see him only target two people. And I, I honestly think it happened after you know in the the first, probably more in the second quarter where the pressure, all those design plays went away. That first fifteen plays they had set up, they burned through them, and then they started actually playing football. And the 49ers were so good at getting you know pressure and sacks with a four man rush that they were able to double team Devontae Adams and Rodgers wants to go to Adams so that was his first look every time and by the time he goes to his next look he's already got fucking Joey Bosa and everybody right up in his face and he's got nothing to do and and you know Nick Bosa yeah and it, it, it like he's great at not throwing interceptions but in those situations it sucks because he's not going to throw the ball He's not because he's not going to throw the interception. So he's going to he's going to look at Devontae Adams, and the 49ers did a very good job disguising a lot of coverages for Devontae Adams, where it looks like he's going to be one on one, and then bam, he's he's got two people covering him. Rogers looks at him, goes to throw to someone else, and he gets sacked, and he's not going to throw the ball or make any any ridiculous throws. He's just going to take it, and it was disheartening. And then we you know without, I think if AJ Dillon was healthy, he could have brought a lot of life to that offense because he he could just give him the rock and let him pound the rock Aaron Jones doesn't have quite that ability he's the pass catcher he's the fast guy and if they were able to have you know a guy like uh, Dylan back in it I think it would have been better and Bakhtiari obviously would have helped a lot but especially in single degree weather hard. like we talked about no one wants no. to stop that train and when he's gone no. become one dimensional yeah it, it was just a a bad game all around. Well, besides the defense, we're we're going to talk more about you know the future of Aaron Rodgers, the future of the Packers at the end here. Uh, but you know that's now eleven years in a row um, and three years in a row with this coach. You know he hasn't been able to make a Super Bowl, and it just feels like you're beating your head against the wall at this point. You know I, if I was in the same position, which like I don't know I 
I'm not, but, uh, you know, like, if I was in the same position, though, I would be like, okay, like, what else can we do at this point? You know, that we have, we have the MVP QB, we have a great defense. What else do we need to put us over that hump? It's, who knows, you know? And uh, sacrifice Jordan Love yeah. to the, to the <laughs> <laughs> Jordan Love. Yeah. <laughs> the no. All right. Well, moving on. Now it's my turn to eat shit. Uh, so Matt Stafford beat the Bucks. The Rams beat the Bucks, and Matt Stafford made a throw I never thought he could make. He proved me wrong. He went into uh, a away game against a better team, against a you know defending Super Bowl champion. And he did what he could do to win the game. And, you know, like, he played amazing. He, yeah, that throw to Cup, J- Jesus Christ. That was something I've never seen in my whole career watching him, or my whole life watching him as a Lions fan. So I can't tell you how many games against the Packers I watched where he just didn't do enough. Those three playoff games in Detroit where he just didn't do enough. Now, two things can be true. It's definitely more evident now that uh, the Lions... It, more fault belongs with them in terms in terms of Stafford's legacy overall here. And Stafford, you know, I'm not going to count out all those times we did need him to come up in bigger situations, and he never did. But, like, you know, this Rams team is one of the it's, – it's better than any Lions team he was ever on. They got an O-line, they got play calling, they got a run game, they got receivers, you got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey – and the Lions simply just never put that kind of talent around him. And, you know, like, I think there was three big things that um, you can point to that screwed up Stafford's whole career in Detroit. It was the drafting of Eric Ebron over Aaron Donald. It was the hiring of uh, Bob Quinn and then the hiring of Matt Patricia. Because that was, you know, after we fired Caldwell, it felt like we were on that cost. We just needed to take the next step. We never did. You know, Matt Patricia just basically took a whole big old shit over our whole organization. I see. I see where I was wrong, where, you know, I never thought he had it in him to make that play. But, yeah, if if the Lions amassed that much talent and traded for that much talent like uh, the Rams did, yes, I think he he's the kind of quarterback that can make a Super Bowl. At the same time, it's still extremely hard to amass the kind of talent the Rams did. They hit on a lot of, you know, good players. They traded for Ramsey, they traded for Von Miller, they made, you know, aggressive moves as an organization that the Lions have just never done. And that's why we're a Mickey Mouse organization is because we're not aggressive enough. I hope that changes. Um, Kurt, I want you to uh, go up next as the fellow Lions fan. Man, you know, Matt Stafford went up against a really great defense, was dueling with Tom Brady out there. And for once was able to in the biggest moment. I mean, you know, we watched those seasons where Matt Stafford would go off and have these miraculous comebacks and win games when we were four and four and five and six and and would be able to pull these things out and make those throws. I've seen him make that throw so many times. We always knew that he had the arm, that he was a great quarterback. The thing that was missing is that. I mean, with the Lions, he couldn't even do it on a Monday night, much less a playoff game. Like when he got into the biggest moments, he wasn't able to do what we expected Aaron Rodgers to do yesterday, to throw the dagger, to really, you know, to, to do uh, in Matthew Stafford's words, to steal someone's soul, mm-hmm. you know, it, but he goes out there and he was the fucking Grim Reaper. He grabbed Tom Brady by the balls 
and looked him in the eyes <laughs> and squeezed and walked away with his life. And that <laughs> that that is really impressive. That was, you know, he won his first playoff game. And to me, that was like, all right, that's, you know, Matt Stafford is who we thought he was, you know, with that team, an average quarterback, a Ryan Tannehill should be able to, to win that game, right? A Jared Goff should be able to win that game. Uh, this was one that I expected to be competitive, but I didn't expect him to win the game, and I certainly didn't expect him to be the reason they won the game. Uh, my my high hope for Matt Stafford there was that he would not be the reason they lost it, and he was the reason that they won it. And and that was really, really impressive. A, a lot of people want to put everything on the Lions. I do think that some of that blame still falls on him, you know, but I do think this shifts the conversation about Matthew Stafford's legacy and his potential from, is he even very good? right to okay you know what Matthew Stafford is very good and now we're talking can he be great what is he going to do in the next five years and and can he end his career on a really high note and and you know be more than what we ever would have expected of him yeah he needs the people around him yeah he's not going to go out there as Tom Brady and just bring in whoever might be there and, and be able to win a Super Bowl but if you put the pieces around him, it's clear that he has the potential to win a Super Bowl. And he's going up against San Francisco at, at home. Uh, not that that's going to be much of a home game, but, uh, you know, he's in the best position in his career and maybe that he'll ever be in to, to make a Super Bowl. So really excited to see where he goes. Now, I was uh, when he beat Tom Brady, I was thinking about all of the quarterbacks who have beaten Tom Brady in the playoffs. Uh, so he joins the likes of Ryan Tannehill. <laughs> Mark Sanchez, Nick Foles, <laughs> Joe Flacco, Jake Plummer, and Eli Manning. Of course. Uh, followed followed by Peyton Manning uh, to beat Tom Brady That's in the playoffs. So amazing. not exactly illustrious company. Uh, we can't just say that that beating Tom Brady is all it takes to be a great quarterback, but uh, just a really impressive showing. Yeah. And I, I want to just one more thing. Um, I think a reason why I've been so salty for so long about Stafford is I think I placed my expectations way too high for him. He was our number one pick. And, you know, like Joe Burrow, he came into the Bengals. He completely turned around a horrible organization. He got sacked nine times this past game, still won. I, you know, there were so many times where I never saw Stafford do something like that. Like uh, he had one unit that was just at a complete weakness and he overcame it. It's Burrow's second year in his organization, and he's already, you know, got as many playoff wins as Matthew Stafford. You know, I thought that that was what Stafford was going to be, and yeah, I think it made me salty against him for a very long time. Um, and so, yeah, I deserve the shit that uh, is going to come my way from other Lions fans. But also, like, if you're a Lions fan and you are just, like, taking off your shirt, rubbing peanut butter on your balls just because Stafford got to a conference championship you're pathetic. Like just hopefully, you know, you can hope that the lions are like, you're going to actually root for them next year instead of Stafford, because it seems like everybody is just jumping off the bandwagon and becoming a Stafford fan instead of a lions fan. So, yeah. You know, it it reminds me a little bit of the way that I feel like basketball is where people root more for players than for teams. And I think that's okay. You know, I, I don't think that you need to not root for a player and I really like Matthew Stafford happy for him but it is so bittersweet too and it doesn't replace that fandom for the team watching him do this for LA the whole time I was like damn like the city would have gone crazy you know to to have that in Detroit would have been absolutely insane to see the way like you can tell Matthew Stafford's been waiting to be this Matthew Stafford for Mm -hmm. 13 years and uh man it would have been awesome to hear him 
stealing Aaron Rodgers' soul uh, in a Lions jersey. Exactly. It, it yeah. Just never happened. <laughs> yeah. As I've alluded to in previous podcasts, I am a big Stafford fan. I've always liked him a lot. Are you not going to be a Packers fan anymore? You're a, jumping on the Stafford bandwagon like all my fellow Lions fans here. No, no, I will always be a Packers fan. <laughs> even even if Rodgers leaves and the whole organization falls apart, I I I'm an owner, so I can't I can't leave my baby behind. Hundred percent. So, we don't we don't have any choice. Uh, but it's no, the rest I, of our lives. <laughs> yeah, it's the rest of our lives. Yeah. I, uh, I I love Stafford. I think he's a baller. I think he's a game. He's a, he's a player. He, he he likes to you know he puts everything on the line. He's done a lot of stupid mistakes with the Lions organization. Uh, you know, with those playoff games. So I understand why Lions fans have that bitterness to them with Matthew Stafford because he is linked to so many bad memories because he's made bad mistakes. He's thrown terrible interceptions to lose games that, you know, just break the souls of, of fandoms. But, man, is he is he pulling out all the stops. He looked amazing during the Bucks game. Uh, Tom Brady looked like he was about to do another fucking Tom Brady miracle where he's about to just come back, ruin everyone's life, and, you know, flip everyone off and, you know, tell you, I'm not fucking retired. I'm going to be here for another 10 years, you pieces of shit. But Matthew Stafford actually stood up to to the GOAT and, and you know, put the game on his back and, and got his whole team down there, spiked the ball. I mean, they, it was awesome. That 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 throw to Cooper Cup was, was amazing. That that was one of the best football games I've watched in a very long time. And like you guys talked about, this weekend alone was probably the best playoff football weekend of all time. Minus the Packers losing. If the Packers won, I this would be I I would probably still be drunk today, but phenomenal game. I think Stafford's legacy is cemented. I think he I want him to go to the Super Bowl, and if he wins the Super Bowl, get that man to the Hall of Fame. If he doesn't win a Super Bowl, still get him in the Hall of Fame. Maybe just take him a couple times to get in there, but I love him. I'm happy for him. Yeah, uh, I think you guys have all said some really uh, <clears throat> important uh, things about Matthew Stafford as far as building on a legacy, right? The thing that I took away from this game especially was that the Rams team was trying to do everything they could to give Tom Brady this win. They were up 27 to 3, and there was the Cam Akers fumbles. There was the botch snap uh, to Stafford. You know, everything was like, here we go, Tom Brady down, you know, 20 out of points. And then Matthew Stafford pulled the antithesis of who he is as a player, especially in the playoffs. This was, you know, where we talk about where Aaron Rodgers' legacy was tarnished this weekend. I think. Uh, Matthew Stafford's legacy was restored, at least a bit in the uh, eyes of general football fans. People who probably just know Matt Stafford as the guy who was traded to the Rams. They're probably like, ooh, this guy's, you know, he's a, he's a gamer. And, you know, I think as Cole said, I think he... I, I don't know why Lions fans love him so much now, because he probably did put a bad taste in your mouth after, like, just three pretty excruciatingly bad playoff games. But maybe, you know, time time is the only thing that forgives, I guess. I don't really know. I think I think Eric has been pretty consistent about being pretty anti-Matt Stafford. So the fact that, you know, he's given credit where it's due uh, is pretty big. I would still be mad. But, but uh, no, I think I, I, I also agree with Eric to the point where the, the job's not finished yet. They beat the defending champions on the road, which is great. 
But he's got to play a team that uh, just beat the number one seed on the road, which is essentially going to be an away game because you know the 49er fans are going to come out, and I don't think L.A. has any fans. So um, it's definitely going to be an uphill battle, and then they got to play the winner of you know Mahomes and uh, the upstart kid Joe Burrows, who probably everyone thought Matt Stafford should have been. It was the best game of the weekend until the next game of the uh, Chiefs and Bills, which is saying a lot because it was such a fun game. And uh, mm-hmm. kudos to Matt Stafford, kudos to the Rams. They're going to be a tough out, but uh, we'll see. I just we'll read see. an article saying that um, the LA Rams, they're refusing tickets to people with certain area codes uh, on their credit card. And yeah. I mean, one, it's because, yeah, they don't want Matt Stafford's wife to throw a pretzel at a 49ers fan again. But also, uh, they probably, you know, 49ers fans definitely took over that stadium that last game. So, yeah, I, I guess I understand it. But Sean McVay also pleaded with people not to sell their tickets to uh, 49ers yeah. fans. So I'll keep this short, but I think, Eric, when you let off with um, the comparison how Matthew Stafford in his situation in L.A. compared to his situation in Detroit is the biggest thing that we should be talking about here. Offensive line. Good coaching, a running game, and Cooper frickin' Cup. The man just won the Triple Crown for a wide receiver. The dude should be in the conversation for MVP, and that throw was beautiful, but someone had to catch it. And on the other end, that's Cooper Cup. And I really think that we need to be tapering this idea that Stafford's legacy is all of a sudden reversed 180 after one awesome game. I mean, the dude, as you has alluded to, it gave you damn near a decade of misery. I understand there was also coaching problems and other things going on with the Lions, but you all can't just forgive him for all of those things just because he had a great game. I am interested to see where this goes, and if he wins a Super Bowl, I do think that makes a massive improvement in the way that he is received across the entire league. But for now, let's give Sean McVay, let's give these other guys the credit and like Blaze alluded to, they almost gave that game away. Four fumbles? Like, their announcers were basically saying, like, if they lose, this will be the biggest example of a team that should have won a game, losing a game that we'd ever seen, let alone in the playoffs. And he, and he almost fumbled it there at the very end before he threw that bomb, too. So let's be careful a little bit and let's see what happens. I do think the San Francisco matchup is super interesting because that defense is absolutely going to come ball, and we saw what happens when they when they put that pressure on. And, you know, at the end of the day, it was kind of like a Hail Mary. It was just broken coverage, and he found the guy. So let's see what happens. And the last thing on the point is thinking about Stafford as a as a lion more because this is a conversation about NC North. I never thought that he was really the problem with the Lions organization in general. I always thought he was the guy that we felt sorry for in that circumstance. And I'm not, again, this is not like, oh, the Packers. But it's like everything else around him was falling apart, and he managed to continue to try to salvage something, which is, I think, why we're even having this conversation about him at all. Um, because by right and by record and by reputation, this guy shouldn't, we shouldn't be having this conversation. But because he continued to strive for excellence, because he continued to take the shit that Detroit gave it on a regular basis, and because he continued to strive, and now we're seeing some success, I love it, yeah. and, I, and I am excited to see where he goes, but yeah. just take it with a grain of salt. The other thing about his legacy where I do want to like pump the brakes a little bit, uh, it's like he had Calvin Johnson, Golden Tate, and a top-five defense in 2014, and he, still lost, he could not score a touchdown for three quarters against the Cowboys, so that is another bitter point with me as a Lions fan for watching Stafford and is why I'm salty towards him. 
But you know, like I'm gonna give him credit where he's due. So how do you uh, how do Lions fans feel about the the Sue Stafford Stafford I loved interaction? It. I loved it. Seeing where... two of her former players just go <laughs> at it. It was wait. So apparently, like Stafford kicked him or something. Well, that's what Sue yeah, probably said. Not. But yeah. I watched it. And he just like <laughs> rolled over, and his yeah Stafford's leg and stuff got tucked, like hit into him. But he was yeah. like on his back, rolling over. Yeah, very was bold of penalty given for that whole thing too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, also, you know, Sue, you know, claiming someone kicked him is a little it's ironic. Hilarious. Little, you know, calling yeah. his head over it's lap. The ankle just stomper like, himself. How many fucking people have you stomped on? Because oh, you got yeah. dumb shit. feet. Well, they have a little history too. Because yeah. can't feel them. I remember he actually went to the Rams after he left the. Uh, well, he went to Miami, then he went to the Rams, and he said Jared Goff was the best QB he's ever played with. And that included yes, Stafford yes, there. <laughs> so I think they have a little history there of uh, having some spats, which is kind of funny. So, Yeah, I fucking hate Sue, by the way. I just want to <laughs> No, Sue, Sue, Sue is a total <laughs> ass. Yeah. Nothing redeeming about Sue at all other than his talent. He's just not not somebody that I would uh, – I, I liked him when he was on our team. He's a good player. but Yeah, uh, yes. <laughs> yeah I don't like to face him, though. But All right. Well, moving on, we're going to talk about our updated playoff predictions. And so uh, I remember I said it was Buccaneers versus Titans in the Super Bowl. Boy, did I get that wrong. I, I think the Buccaneers, you know, they were they were still, you know, they were injured. The Titans, Henry was not 100%, but also Tannenhill. I did not see him uh, throwing, you know, two, what, two or three picks. I did not see, yeah, three picks. He was horrible. His his first throw was yeah. a pick, and his last throw Jesus. Of the game was a pick. Like I, dude, I mean, look, watch out for uh, them to make a big trade. I mean, I'm not going to say Aaron Rodgers because that'll just uh, derail the whole podcast right now. But uh, maybe Roth, Russell Wilson. You know, you never know. Could be. But I, th- if I had to guess uh, in these two matchups, what it would be after watching that Kansas City game, I cannot pick against Kansas City. I cannot pick against Mahomes right now. They, you know, like they had so many struggles earlier in the year. And just, you know, these past, like, this, these past, like, seven weeks or something, it was the whole, like, second half of the season up to this. And they've completely turned everything around. They look like that Super Bowl Chiefs team that they just can't be stopped. Like, Tyreek Hill, he's running all over the place. Kels looks like he's just in his prime again. And so I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Rams versus 49ers is super interesting. It's just like Shanahan has the Rams number. They've, I think he's won the last seven against McVay. And it's really difficult, though, because when you put yourself in that situation, you get kind of used to uh, this guy. Oh, yeah, of course, he owns him. But when it gets to the playoffs, you know, freaky stuff happens sometimes. I still think that the 49ers can win that. I, I want to defend Jimmy G a little bit this last game. Uh, he was putting some throws on the money. I just think that his receivers just kept dropping it, you know? Like that's what I, that was my point when in my review I was like I think he played better than uh, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I think his his receivers just kept dropping it though. So I I do think it's going to be a 49ers versus K- Kansas City replay of the Super Bowl, and I think Kansas City is going to go all the way again. I think Mahomes is going to get his second Super Bowl, and yeah, he's going to you know just cement himself in that legacy of guys that can win more than one Super Bowl. Yeah, I uh, <clears throat> I think I'm three for four on the uh, the title games. So I definitely had the Bengals in the AFC Championship. And then I said it was uh, going to be Chiefs and Bucks in the Super Bowl. So I can't remember if I ever made a prediction about the uh, Rams or 49ers. But, so I'm going to go ahead and conservatively say I'm three for four. 
But yeah, I, I think we got some interesting matchups coming up. I do think that the Chiefs are just clicking on all cylinders right now, especially on offense. I think who can cover Tyreek Hill like in any open field? You know, Kelsey is just. I mean that that uh, play descended into overtime. You know, he's obviously the biggest body, and they and Patrick Mahomes still found him. It was absolutely incredible. I do think uh, Tyrod Matthew will uh, come back, and hopefully that defense will get a little better than what they played against uh, Josh Allen, who absolutely balled out and definitely deserves all the credit in the world that he just didn't pick heads. That's his only <laughs> uh, flaw. And then on the other side, it's uh, it's really going to be a toss-up because I can definitely, like Eric said, I can definitely see the 49ers coming in. Jimmy Garoppolo is going to throw zero touchdowns, two interceptions, but they're still going to walk out uh, 17 to 10 winners. Um, I do think, like I said, the 49ers have the home field advantage, even though that they're at L.A. But I think that Sean McVay is going to find a way to get it done. I think Cooper Cup, like Kevin said, triple crown winner. Uh, there's going to be broken coverage at some point. Tyler Higby is you know, way underrated as a tight end. And I think uh, Cam Akers and company get, keeps the ball uh, a little tighter this time around. So I'm going to say that it's going to be the Chiefs and the Rams in the Super Bowl. But as Eric said, unless unless someone proves me different, the Chiefs are just looking like that team. Um, that te- the, the, They look like the Atlanta Braves in the playoffs this year. Uh, it just doesn't seem like they're capable of losing. Who? What? The what Atlanta Braves. They uh, they played really, really well. What? Is that a soccer team? Baseball. That's- America's yeah. sport, Cole. <laughs> Uh, Kurt, let's let's hear your predictions. We haven't heard yours yet. You know, it's just impossible with the way that Kansas City is playing not to pick Kansas City in that game, but I do want to at least shout out to the way that Joe Burrow is playing and uh, really, really impressed with Cincinnati. Uh, didn't think that they'd be able to do it against the Titans, and granted, Tannehill really lost that game for him, so you know, don't want to uh, you know discount that fact and, and put all the credit on Cincinnati, but... Uh, I, I think they'll make that a game, but just the way that Kansas City is playing, Mahomes is uh, just out of his mind. It's unbelievable watching them. That was the best game I've watched maybe ever. Certainly best game that I've watched this year. And uh, Mahomes just, uh, yeah, can't believe it. Really uh, impossible to to pick against them. So got Kansas City in the AFC. And then, you know, as much as I am falling into the same old trap that I fell into as a Lions fan with Matthew Stafford, I'm a believer. I'm a believer in this team, and I, I think that the Rams are, are going to win, and I don't necessarily think it's going to be that close. I think that you know, after that game, I think Stafford's feeling it. I think that team is stacked. I think that uh, you know San Francisco is tough, and you're right, it's not going to be much of a home game for the Rams, but... I, I think that this is their year, and uh, I see the Rams coming out of the NFC, and, and I see a Kansas City versus L.A. championship. You know, I lived in Kansas City for a little bit. I have a special place in my heart for the Chiefs. Uh, I truly believe that they are the best football team left, and I think that they are probably going to win it all. But I really, really <laughs> hate Patrick Mahomes' brother so much that guy cannot be allowed to step on like the the super bowl grounds like we cannot let that happen so i am gonna push all of my chips into the Bengals and hope that joey b and jamar chase 
throw up five touchdowns and silence, you know, Jackson Mahomes doing his little TikTok dances over in the corner while uh, Patrick Mahomes' wife is spraying a bunch of poor, poor souls with champagne. Oh, like, there's a bunch of peasants behind him. <laughs> Shut him. up, dude. It rains there all the time. <laughs> um, I'm going Bengals, and then I'm, I'm still riding that Stafford train with the 49 or with the, with the Lambs. Fuck the 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo's a chump. I hate him. He can go back to banging B-list porn stars for all I care. Matthew Stafford's gonna come in, sling it. They're gonna, they're gonna destroy him. It's gonna be Rams, Bengals, and the Rams are gonna win it all. And Matthew Stafford's gonna get the MVP for the Super Bowl, and I'm gonna die happy. Hey Cole, wait until the Packers have to yeah. pick up Jimmy G after Aaron Rodgers leaves. So uh, no, 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 I'd no, be no, nice yeah, to yeah, the Packers. Yeah. If the Packers pick up anyone, right. it's good. Well, I'll save it for later. Yeah, I'll save I got, it for I next time. I got a thought here. All right, my turn. Um, last week, I called the Bengals beating the Titans. And I did so because I really think that Joe Burrows has got this idea that you cannot tell him he is an underdog. You cannot tell that team that they are supposed to lose. You cannot tell that team they do not have a chance. Because they are going to continue to come out and ball like we've been talking about all night long. I think that the stage is going to be set for a hell of a game. If we thought that AFC, that last game between Buffalo and Kansas City was a game, I think that this one is not going to blow it out of the water because that's almost impossible. That was, like we Kurt said, probably the best football game I've ever watched in my entire life. But I do think that this stage is set for something remarkable, and I'm picking Joe Burrows to come out on top, to continue to be the underdog, and to continue oh. to show that this is going to be something for the ages. Um, Love I think the Jamar Chase gets at least two touchdowns. I think Joe Burrows comes out and stunts on those hoes, and it's going to be a hell of a game. Now, on the other side, I'm never going to pick San Francisco for the rest of my life, no matter what happens, ever. Uh, I can't stand that team, and that's salty, that's bitterness, whatever. It doesn't matter. Uh, the Rams are going to win this game, and I'm with Kurt. I don't think it's going to be close. I'm with Cole. Jimmy Garoppolo's a clown, and he looked like crap in Green Bay, and I don't think he's going to be any better in L.A. Um, he has... Two people to throw the ball to, maybe one, and LA is just made to beat that team, and they're at home. Um, yeah, the whole ticket thing has been hilarious. Ticketmaster blocked things, and then they reversed what they were going to do based on outlash from or backlash from the public, which was fantastic to watch unfold on social media. I think that we're going to see hell of a Super Bowl. We're going to have some major media markets involved, and it's going to be a really good time. So. When someone asked me if I was paying attention after the Packers lost, I said, no, I don't give a shit. And I realized that that was a kind of a selfish, ridiculous statement to, to, you know, I love football at the end of the day. And there's still playoff football to be watched. There's still a Super Bowl to be had. And just because my team lost in an embarrassing fashion does not mean that I'm not going to the club, man. The the year. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh, also, I would, I would like I to, would like to change to my add... pick to the 49ers, please. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> Am I... Yeah, am I the only one that picked uh, 49ers and Chiefs? Yeah, I think so. Jesus. Uh, First I guess off, we'll see. Uh, we, I'm standing We all here. know that the NFL uh, rigs games, so they want the Rams to play at home because they'll just they'll fucking love that shit. See, that's and true, then, too. And then also... also mean, San Francisco's not that far, far yeah, away, also, so they, they could just drive Kyle down. Kyle Shanahan yeah. may have beaten McVay seven times in a row, but it's pretty hard to beat someone eight times in a row. I mean, that's that's a lot of times, so it's going to happen. <laughs> It's it's gonna happen. He's gonna lose. It's gonna be this time. All right. It's gonna happen. Well, to end our podcast and end our year, 
we're going to talk about what's the future of the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. And instead of me giving a big spiel right away, I'm going to turn it to the <laughs> Packers fans. I'm going to do you guys a nice, a nice thing here. Uh, Cole, what do you think is the future? Yeah, here? so uh, you know, I've watched all pretty much all the interviews recently of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, he's got a lot of thoughts about a lot of things that I am not going to touch, and I don't think we should touch on this podcast in terms of his political views because that's not where we're at. Uh, I think that Aaron Rodgers, based off of what he said and what the feeling is, is that there's a good chance that he will come back, but it is very contingent on how the uh, like the front office handles all of the players and handles this going into this offseason. You know, Devontae Adams, are they going to franchise tag him? Are they going to give him that contract? Adams only wants that contract if Rodgers is going to be there. Uh, and then there's also there's a lot of other players. I mean, we're talking about Smith. we got Tanyan. You know, we got all these guys that need to be signed, and there's a lot of cap space issues. I'm very concerned about all of those things, and I really think it just depends on how the front office handles all of these players, who they keep, who they have to let go, who they have to restructure, how they're going to do all these contracts and get everyone fit. If they do it right, I think Rodgers wants to stay. He wants to get that second Super Bowl. He wants to change his legacy. If they don't do it right and they go into a rebuild mode or a, you know, kind of a trade it all out and and try and reload type package, he's going to be gone. He's either going to retire or he's going to get traded. He's not going to go to free agency. He's either going to get traded to a team that he wants to go to or he's just going to call it quits and retire. And that'll be the end of it. But I think he wants to stay. and I think he wants it to work. It's just... I don't know if it's I don't know if it's possible given the cap space and everything. I just don't know how you could make it all work, but we'll see. <laughs> Blaze, uh, let's hear the opposite uh, opinion now. The opposite? Um, <laughs> I'm sure you have. No, one. I actually I actually wholeheartedly uh, agree yeah. with Karen Rogers. At the end of the day, really wants to be a Packer. I think he wants to retire Packer. I think that's how he sees himself. So, and Aaron Rodgers even said already that he doesn't want to be part of a rebuild. So what I'm asking the Packers, and I'm just using my big football brain on this. This isn't me being a Bears fan. This isn't me being a Aaron Rodgers hater. Wouldn't it be more advantageous for the Packers to pick up their pieces, realize that they haven't won a Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers in over 10 years. Uh, he he can, can get all the MVP trophies that he wants. He's great regular season quarterback. He just can't get him to the finish line since Mike McCarthy left. I just that was just a dick. Um, uh, so the way if I'm the Packers, I'm taking this in the, what's going to help the franchise the most, not what's going to help Aaron Rodgers' legacy. You know, because uh, he's been, you know, as Kurt said, you know, he's been playing blue balls with them for ten years in more ways than one. You know, oh, if I don't get this person, then you know I'm not going to show up. Da 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 da. So why deal with the drama? Here's my plan. The Eagles have three first-round draft picks next year. The Packers can start their rebuild super early. The Eagles are feel like they're probably a quarterback away from really competing. Get that draft capital. Trade Aaron Rodgers. Let him finish off his last two years as the best player in the NFC East. And, and start from the beginning. You guys, the Bears are starting the rebuild. The Lions are uh, starting their rebuild. The Vikings are probably still two years away or whenever Kirk Cousins' uh, contract ends. So why not just be the NFC East for the next two or three years, get up our arms, and then you know we'll see what happens in 2025. 
That's my plan. I think that'd be the Packers' best because you're even you're also forgetting that Hackett is leaving probably as to be a head coach somewhere. So the Packers have a lot of uh, holes that they are looking dead center at, and I don't think appeasing Aaron Rodgers is the best way for the franchise to go. So honestly, as a Bears fan, I kind of hope Aaron Rodgers stays, so they're just kind of keeping that above average, you know, bracket, but never good enough to go or win the Super Bowl again. So that's my opinion. Or he could go to the Bears. <laughs> so a couple of things on all of this. Nothing motivates a team, an organization, or a person like getting shit on constantly by the national media over the last 48, 72, whatever hours. I think that... 11 years. Hey, hey, uh, no. My point being is that there is one year left on Aaron Rodgers' contract. There's one year left on this opportunity for the Packers to capitalize on the existing infrastructure of the team. Yes, they will be $50 million over the cap next year. Yes, we just talked about the massive amount of people that they have to find a way. But I believe Matt LaFleur, when he looks into the camera and says they have a plan. I believe Matt LaFleur, when he says that they want to bring Aaron Rodgers back and they want to try to do this thing again. I also know that Aaron Rodgers has an ego the size of fucking Montana. And he's not going to take this idea that that's, he that's is not state. clutch. It's a big state, yeah. He's not going to take this idea that his legacy is trash. He's not going to take this idea that he's a bad quarterback laying down lightly. Now, I'm not saying that he's going to come blow off the doors off everything, but we know since the beginning of his career, when he was looked over in the draft by San Francisco, that that man plays with a constant chip on his shoulder literally every play he goes out there. And it's to his detriment a lot of the time. And as a Packer fan, I can say that. But I also think that there's even a small chance that they can roll it back, that they can somehow make the majority of the core of this team come back again, that there's not at least a small possibility that we do this again. Look at the rest of the division. Guys, we talk about this all year long. You guys are all in rebuilds. Everybody besides the Vikings have plenty of pieces to put together to even get there. The window for opportunity is still there for Green Bay. Yeah, that game was terrible. Yeah, the place post-season is disappointing as all get out, but if there's even a chance that Aaron Rodgers wants to come back and to do the things that he says he's going to do, I think it goes a long way. Two quotes I'm going to just roll over real quick before we move on is on the McAfee show. He basically said, one thing I will not do is retire and then come back a year later. I'm in a really good place with Brian Gutekunst, and when it comes to time to make a decision, we'll have that conversation. He's not going to pull a Favre. He was in the middle of that whole situation when Favre retired, came back, and had to deal with all that crap. He's not going to do it. So if he's faced with two choices, one, it's retire. Two, it's to come back and try to be the best quarterback he can be. Otherwise, he's going to try to you know, throw a shit fit and get a trade, which I don't think is going to happen. The front organization, the front office is not going to give him that. So unless he's ready to ride off into the sunset and never come back again, he has to come back to Green Bay and he has to give this another shot, period. And that's what I'm hinging my hopes on. So let's see what happens. Rodgers, I think he could, you know, he looks at the teams that are that are left and they played all of those teams this year and they beat all of them but the Chiefs. And the only reason they lost to the Chiefs was because Jordan Love started and they lost by a field goal. So realistically, I what think that he knows that the they have a good team and they could have won. He beat these teams once already? I don't know what that's like. Yeah, he's beat the Bengals, 49ers, Rams. Right, but what does all that this mean? Year. And, and the Chiefs. What I'm just saying, 
that they have the capability to, to, to do it all again. And I think he wants to come back because they lost so badly and he knows that they can beat all of Didn't those teams. Didn't they already beat the 49ers there. once this year? Blaze, you're missing the point that they lost a bad playoff game, but he knows that they are they can beat all of those teams because they've already done it Just once say this that's year. That's a pretty dumb uh, <laughs> rationalization. Okay, Blaze. Go ahead. All right. Kurt, help you, us. You, you know, I agree with a lot of what you guys have said. Now, I'll be brief on this, but to me, uh, I think there, are only, there is only one option. He's staying in the NFL. He's not retiring. So I guess two options, but he's either going to stay in Green Bay or go somewhere else. He's not retiring. Uh, to me, he doesn't want to end his career as like Dan Marino's spiritual successor, right? Yeah, I know Aaron Rodgers has one, but one was never going to be enough. And that was a long time ago at this point. And I, I totally agree with everything that I've seen of Aaron Rodgers that he wants another one. And that, that that's a big part of his legacy and that he's a real competitor. I, I think he has been frustrating this season. Uh, he has been a distraction in a lot of ways. But uh, I do know that Green, the Green Bay Packers, they don't want him back. They need him back. Uh, they need Aaron Rodgers and they've needed him for the better part of a decade. And I, I think they'll do everything that they can to keep him. I uh, wouldn't be surprised if this conversation goes on for a, a long time and that you hear rumors in both directions of, oh, he's definitely going to stay, and then, oh, he's definitely going to leave. I wouldn't be surprised. if I think I am leaning more that he's going to stay with the Packers. It wouldn't shock me if he left. I think there are some potential landing spots out there in a trade. But, uh, you know, yeah, Devontae, Aaron, uh, this package deal, uh, I think it's it's more likely they stay in Green Bay than not. They are in what is maybe the worst division in football and have the ability over the next couple of years to own this division. As a Lions fan, I want to see him fucking leave because then it's wide open. The Lions, <laughs> Lions and Bears and, and Vikings have a shot now in, in this division. Like, get him out of there. You know, can't wait. Send him to the AFC. Send him to the Titans. I would love it. Um, and talk about just the abundance of riches at quarterback that the AFC would have, uh, given that, right? Like Matt Stafford would be up there with the best in the NFC. Yeah. I, you know, again, leaning towards him staying, I don't think he's retiring. I, I just think that he's got unfinished business and I don't know how much long, you know, he, he might only play till he's 40. He might only have two more years. He's not going to be a Tom Brady to me. Like there, there's another game show somewhere. I'm sure that he'll end up hosting eventually. So, uh, I think he comes, comes back and tries to win one, um, and, and we'll, we'll see, but uh, I definitely think he's got some unfinished business. So I don't think he's going to retire, but I do want to like go back to you before, you know, this past season, him and Gutekunst had a handshake deal uh, where he, they, they both said like, okay, we will trade you if this season doesn't go well and you want out of here. And so I think it all does fall onto how they're going to keep Devontae Adams, or if they can even keep Devontae Adams, like we said, they're $45 million in cap debt. I mean, nowadays people are doing a lot of uh, unique or clever things with the cap. But, yeah, it's just, like, you can't really sign Adams to a long-term deal. You know, you're going to have to structure his contract in some way to, like, make it fit under this cap. That's not going to make him happy. And Zadarius Smith, he's gone. So you got a lot of guys leaving and you don't have a lot of cap room to sign people and better your team. You're going to have to do it through the draft. And, I I mean, like, the Packers have not really they, – they've drafted some good defensive pieces the, the last few years. But I don't see them, like, giving Aaron Rodgers all of a sudden this key piece that will make everything click. So what I am thinking is that 
Aaron Rodgers for 11 years now, he, you know, has been beating his head against the wall. Like what, at what point is it enough? Like what point will, do you want to just go to a new environment like Matt Stafford and try to get a whole new start somewhere and like try to see if you can win with a completely different team? I actually think he's gone. I, I think that they're going to have to trade. He's going to ask for a trade and they're going to have to trade him. And I think the domino piece that we're first going to see is Devontae Adams, you know, not want, or not agreeing to a contract because I'm not sure they're going to be able to give him a good contract. And I think that's the, the two domino pieces there that we might see in the next month here. So, yeah, I think he's gone. And I think it's the Jordan Love era in, uh, in Green Bay. So. Devontae Adams is definitely that canary in the coal mine that'll tell you a lot uh, coming up pretty quickly. Um, and yeah, look, yeah, the, I just the Packers were thirteen and four this past season. All right, there's plenty of pieces coming back to make that totally a possibility again. And as Kurt alluded to, NFC North is ripe for the taking. So you know, regardless of how this all pans out, I still think the Packers are in a great position. And I do think that they'll sell their souls to keep Aaron Rodgers. They will do Damn a lot of straight. the things that that New Orleans has done with voidable years and whatever it takes. And and granted, that means admitting that. Two, three, four years from now, you're probably going to be a trash rebuilding team. But this is this is their window, and if Aaron Rodgers leaves, that window is slammed shut because Jordan Love is not going to be able to hold that window open. So they'll they'll do everything they can to keep him. It doesn't mean they will be able to keep him, but I think they're going to push to do that. I mean, they've been thirteen and four the last three years, though. Like it, and they haven't been able to get to the Super yeah, Bowl. Yeah, that's. Uh, so like, it's all Super Bowl so or anything? It's, it's just, I mean, like, it's just so funny. Oh, I, yeah, I, he wants another Super Bowl. And it, how? at what point do you, can you just be like, I don't think I can take this team any further well, than I've taken Sure, but where are you going to go in the NFL you know? that has an open <laughs> slot, that has a team that's ready to go, that is any better prepared than Green Bay to make it to the Super Bowl? You can't name one. I'm sorry. I think Denver. You think Denver. Denver. Maybe there's yeah. not a ton yeah. of evidence to say that that can happen, though. The Packers have shown you I mean, the coaching Adams evidence. They've shown than any you wide receiver, the head but... tone personality. No, no, no. I think that like Aaron Rodgers knows his relationship with his GM is better than it's ever been. He knows relationship with his head coach is better than it's ever been. And realistically, he knows that he has what, two, three years left max. I don't think so. I think he knows it's the time, and it's time to move on. Or time to stay back and do a thing. Judy, Sutton, Noah Fant, I would, you know, that's equivalent to at least one Devontae Adams to me. They have pieces all over there. They got Javante Williams. They, I think, are one quarterback. And what are they sending back to Green Bay to get Aaron Rodgers for him? Because you... First round picks. Well, then bring it on. But I'm not seeing it. Yeah, well, we'll see. That's, you know, I think everything, it's going to, we're going to hear about Adams first, like I said, and then we're going to hear about Rodgers. I think a lot of, a lot might take place in the next few weeks here. All right. Well, it's been a good season, guys. I guess, <laughs> and uh, we will be we will be back uh, the week after free agency um, to talk about you know everything after the dust settles. Like you know, I, we're gonna see a Bears uh, coaching hire soon. You know, they just hired a GM Brian Poles from Kansas City. Uh, I'm sure we're gonna see uh, Minnesota hirings, and we might see what uh, something happened to Kirk Cousins. So. There's going to be a lot that's going to happen in the next month here, I think. So, A lot of development, yeah. yeah. Uh, can I just say real quick, shame on you, Hall of Fame, for not putting in Barry Bonds or Roger Clemens. That is the most egregious <laughs> thing I've ever seen in my life. You should feel bad for yourselves. Um, Steroids. Don't do them, kids. Yeah. You know what? Barry Bonds was a Hall of Famer before he was even 
thought about doing steroids. So, um, that's just absolutely screw you. <laughs> we'll save that for another pod. <laughs> no, this is the pod for it. <laughs> Man, Rob Manford, you suck. We are not doing a baseball podcast. No.